Welcome, and thanks for listening along with Kingstown Communion, an inclusive and affirming United Methodist Church in the Kingstown area of Alexandria, Virginia. And our community exists to gather people, just like you here now, into communion with Christ and extend God's table into the world through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. This podcast is just one way that we live this out. For more information about our church or to give to our ministry, visit kingstowncommunion.net. And if you live nearby, we hope you'll join us for worship on Sundays at Hayfield Secondary School. with me for our gospel reading today. Makes you pay attention in a whole new way. (laughs) In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place in the guest room. Now in that same region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good good news of great joy, for all the people to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger, and suddenly, There was this angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. And so they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. And Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen just as it had been told to them. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So I want to say, um, I think I've said it already, but um, Merry Christmas. So glad you're here. Uh, Technically speaking, in the world of the church, and all of its super churchy language, uh, 
what we're celebrating here tonight for the church is actually a feast. Does anybody know what feast this is? What is it called? The feast of... Hmm. Hmm. The feast of the nativity. Yes, thank you. So what we're celebrating tonight is the feast of the nativity. What's happening here in this place and every church around the world from huge mega churches, even if they won't ever call it this, to neighborhood parishes, to churches meeting in 200 year old you know, buildings, to ones meeting in high schools, to ones meeting at garden centers like last night, all the way down to house churches or churches that are underground that, that can't let others even know that they're meeting, right? What we're all celebrating tonight is the Feast of the Nativity which just simply put means that the church tonight is throwing a party. It's a feast. And now that might be um, a little tone deaf, considering all that's going on in our world, right? It could be. A little tone deaf, I get it. It's sensitive time. It's a really sensitive time. And so we should be calling people to a party, The world's kind of a wreck. I don't know if you've noticed, have you? (laughs) There are wars and there are rumors of even bigger wars. There's injustice everywhere we look. There's grief piled onto grief, piled onto grief individually. I know some of you who are, this Christmas is not as you expected. And also collectively, things are rough and we're weary. And in the midst of all that weariness, the church says, let's party. I promise you it's not the fault of the church. Don't blame us. You actually can blame Jesus for that. This kid um, that we're this kid, backwards kid. I'm going to turn you around, Jesus. There we go. Nice, Jesus. Okay. Um, this kid that we are celebrating tonight, uh, well, he's Lord of the Feast. This kid is going to grow up and just feast his way all the way through life. Weddings are going to run out of wine. Not when Jesus is there. The feast is just going to continue, right? Funerals seem like this this time of mourning. But then Jesus shows up and the dead come back to life and start walking around and it's like this party breaks out. Whether it's dinner parties with stuck-up Pharisees or midday drinks with questionable women at the well, Jesus just seems to feast his way through life. And he continues to call us to party, even when it feels really tone deaf. In fact, later on in the story, when we want to come up with charges against Jesus, the only thing we can even ever come up with 
to, to hold this guy, to charge him with, is that this guy eats too much. This guy sits at too many tables. This guy is a glutton and a drunkard, and he eats with sinners. How dare he? Let's kill him. And so I know that things are rough. Like, things are weary. You, some of you all have a lot going on right now. But tonight we're going to party. Which, which technically means that... Um, I, it shouldn't, the focus shouldn't be on me preaching in this little place. We don't really have a pulpit here. I'm not up in some high chancel, but it shouldn't really be focused on me preaching because feasts don't happen in pulpits, right? Feasts happen at tables. This is where we should center this feast tonight. Tonight, being a feast and all, we should, we should probably get the table set. When we encounter Luke's gospel tonight, you stood, you listened to it, maybe for the first time in many years. Uh, do you remember? Where did, where did Luke say we would find Jesus? Lying in a, in a manger. He'll be lying in a manger, manger yeah that's right like you know that's not a building right it's not like you know like it's not the little building you put the little people in it's not a little building a manger is actually a table it comes from this old french word chris say it manger Manger. (laughs) this old french word manger which means to eat Luke says that when God shows up in Jesus, God invites us to come and wonder and stand in awe at a table. It's a feeding trough that God invites us to. Another sign we'll, we'll find when we, when we show up at the manger is what? We'll find him wrapped in what? And cloth. Maybe like a tablecloth. Let's see. Maybe like a tablecloth. Maybe it's going to get a little fancier now. A little fancier tablecloth. It is, you know, a feast after all. Yeah, that looks nice. You'll have to tell me. Yeah, we see them wrapped in cloth. Um, and, and cloth, um, or a tablecloth, um, it's laid out, Luke says. And you start to see this picture of what God is inviting all of creation to. Luke says that when God shows up, we're invited to a manger as the place of eating. And then when God shows up, we're going to find divinity 
laid out on a cloth in this act of hospitality. And where are we going to find this manger in this, in this cloth? Where are we going to find it? In what city? Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Of course, Bethlehem means house of bread. Did you know that that's what that actually means? Like in the city of Judea, David's city, the whole city is this massive construction of bread. Like there is enough bread for anybody to come and find their place at the feast. And it seems that Jesus is, is inviting us to a feast even as an infant. And of course, the most interesting thing at any party, right, is the guest list. Did you hear the guest list of this story? The party is, is going to kind of go off the rails with this guest list. I mean, at first, we've got governors and politicians. Herod, he somehow gets onto this guest list. <laughs> Who knows how? And, and he finds an excuse not to show up. But not, but not only that, we also have shepherds, like the people who actually work for a living, people who sweat for a living. So we've got politicians and we've got blue-collar workers all being invited to the same table. And then you have Mary and Joseph, this unwed teenage couple that's pregnant and scared to death, now coupled together with angels who all keep saying, don't be afraid. We've got this, we've got flesh and blood. We've got people from every walk of life, ordinary people, fearful couple, and heavenly assurance gathered all together in one place. And there are also animals, which we don't have tonight. And there are stars. And there are earthly creatures and heavenly bodies, and they're all invited to this feast. Now, all of them know that they're there to be with Jesus, but they don't actually know what it means to actually be together yet at this table. The thing is, they're going to learn that the more they feast with Jesus. And so let's recap this, can we? Let's recap. The way this whole church thing got started, what brings us all here tonight, was that people were invited to the manger where cloth was laid out in the house of bread to belong to a God who's inviting every atom of creation to come to the party. That's how this whole thing got started. And, and then the church has just been feasting ever since. And this is, this, friends, is not tone deaf. This is divine defiance. 
this God disrupting our lives, disrupting our lives with a celebration. It's hard to make enemies when, when you've got your mouth filled with food. It's hard to hate people when you're full. It's, it's hard to make enemies when, when, when you're dependent upon breaking bread with these people. It's hard to continue to be angry while the party continues to rage on around you. Eventually, you just kind of want to join in. And, and we wondered, when God did show up, would God, would God be angry with us? I mean, we've broken all, we've broken all of God's laws. Would God, would God show up in vengeance when God finally shows up? And then God shows up as bread, bread and wine. God shows up as bread and wine as our lives are slowly marching towards the drudgery of this life. God disrupts us with a feast. That's what happened in Bethlehem. That's what happens tonight. That's what's happening in every house of bread. Joy disrupting sorrow. I wonder if you have sorrow right now. Hope disrupting despair. Love disrupting hate. That's what happens when love takes flesh and like throws a feast for us. That's what the church is celebrating tonight. And friends, that's what I really hope. I hope that that is what happens in your house this Christmas. That, th that you would leave this place and you would go set up the manger in your home or pull up a seat to someone else's manger. And you would pull the cloth over it and you would break out your bread be it gluten-full or gluten-free, however you like it. As you have both sinners, those you have so much difficulty understanding, who you dread seeing every year, and saints, the ones you miss that aren't there, all gathering together at the feast, because the, the church throws a feast in, in good times and in bad times. That's what makes us different. The church throws a feast when it's easy and when it is hard to throw a party. God continues to disrupt our weariness with joy no matter what. So may that happen in your lives this Christmas. I pray for that for you. But also may it happen now. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread. And he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. As often as you eat of it, remember me. The same night he took the cup at a feast with his friends and said, this is my cup of the new covenant. Joy 
instead of sorrow, hope instead of despair, peace instead of fear. He gave thanks to God for it, and he said, Drink, all of you, as often as you can. So let us pray. God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us tonight, wherever we are, on our lists, on our weariness, on our grief, on our worry. May they be transformed like your feast into something beautiful, glorious, joyful, peaceful, hopeful, loving. God, may we learn through whatever we're going through now to, to have joy better, to have hope better, to have peace better, to, have, to love others better. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts, on this feast before us. Make it be for us, God, the body and blood of Christ, flesh and blood, you coming down, God, and getting tender and getting small and getting ordinary so that you might know all that we have to go through and take it all the way to the end with you. We pray this in the name of Jesus. All honor and glory forever to Christ. We pray this in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.